of the world is within you. Sacred and worthy is your soul. A place has been made for you. Welcome to the First Unitarian Society of Denver podcast. Thank you for joining us on this journey of the mind, the heart, and the spirit. You may also visit us on the web at fusden.org or find us on Facebook. This week's selections come from First Unitarian's online service held September 27, 2020. The title is Freedom to Consent. The homily is by Aaron Kinworthy, First Unitarian Director of Religious Exploration. Good morning, First Unitarian Society of Denver Church family. I'm so grateful to be with you this morning for a virtual call to worship. I hope that you are all in a place in your lives and with people in your lives who are offering you the kinds of resources and support that you need. As a congregation, I hope that you are finding ways to remain connected, even though the disconnection among us could be profound. And I invite you this morning to settle into the place where you are, to allow yourself to breathe and then to hear these words. I've taken some liberty with the language to make it more accessible. Hear these words from the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all people are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among people deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. And these words from George Washington. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, and promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty for ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. In these words, written by someone far nearer to us, a contemporary and a president who is well-remembered, Barack Obama, we, the people, recognize that we have responsibilities as well as rights, that our destinies are bound together, that a freedom which only asks what's in it for me, a freedom without commitment to others, a freedom without love or charity or duty or patriotism is unworthy of our founding ideals and those who died in their defense. As citizens, we understand that America is not about what can be done for us. It's about what can be done by us, together, through the hard and frustrating but necessary work of self-government. If you reject the notion that this nation's promise is reserved for the few, then your voice must be heard in this election. If you reject the notion that our government is forever beholden to the highest bidder, you need to stand up in this election. America, I never said this journey would be easy, and I won't promise you that now. Yes, our path is harder, but it leads to a better place. Yes, our road is longer, but we travel it together. 
We don't turn back. We leave no one behind. We pull each other up. We draw strength from our victories and we learn from our mistakes. But we keep our eyes fixed on that distant horizon knowing that providence is with us and that we are surely blessed to be citizens of the great nation, the United States of America, here on earth. May the time spent in worship together be a blessing for us all. May we find in history and in the present moment wisdom to call forth our own highest ideals for how to live and who we must be in the present moment, for that is the only one we will ever have. I light the chalice in the spirit of hope. Good morning, First Unitarian Denver. Welcome to our online worship this morning, this last Sunday in September. Uh, a couple of things I want to let you know about. Um, first of all, thanks to all those who showed up and voted in the congregational meeting last Sunday. We overwhelmingly adopted our new covenant, 97%. Uh, that is a testament to the thoroughness and the integrity of the process. And I really have to once again thank the team, the uh, covenant um, task force that did all the work and the groundwork and uh, drafted and adopted uh, and edited and then represented our Congregational Covenant for you all to vote on. Tomorrow uh, will be the 95th birthday of Reverend Betty Pingle. Reverend Pingle was at one time the director of the children's program here at First Unitarian Denver. She was instrumental in starting the famous ninth grade trip that brought generations of front-range teenagers into contact with Native Americans in northern Arizona. Reverend Pingle then became one of the very few women in the Unitarian Universalist ministry in the 1960s and 70s, helping pave the way for where we are today, which is uh, we are a denomination where the women clergy, women in the Unitarian Universalist clergy, outnumber the men. So uh, happy birthday to Reverend Betty Pingle, and we hope you have a lot more. This morning we stand with all the people who are worried for their human and civil rights with the passing of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I'm talking specifically about lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and intersex people. I'm talking specifically about black, brown, and indigenous people. I'm talking about differently abled people. I'm talking about workers of all kinds. I'm talking about poor people. I'm talking about non-Christians. All of those traditionally marginalized people and communities for whom progress has been made, uh, but for whom a lot more progress is needed, and, uh, and a lot of those communities have depended on people like Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg to defend and protect the progress that has been made. My prayer today is that the highest court in our land will continue to uphold progress and equality for all people. First Unitarian sends its love and support to the family of Breonna Taylor of Kentucky and really to the entire community of uh, the entire black community in America who feels so strongly that justice should have been done but was not done to those who shot Breonna Taylor unarmed in her own home. 
And I want to also offer a prayer, um, a prayer of thanks to uh, the Senate, actually, who voted unanimously yesterday to uh, ensure a peaceful transfer of power, something that the president himself would not do. Um, so I want to offer a prayer of thanks and, um, and a fervent hope that all those Republican senators who voted um, to affirm that peaceful transfer of power, I hope they really meant it. So our prayer today, quite honestly, is not really a prayer. It's a short uh, poem that I first came across a long, long time ago, and maybe you've even heard it before, but it seemed appropriate for the uh, topic of Aaron's ser sermon uh, in a little while. Uh, it's called, There's a Hole in My Sidewalk. It's a poem parable in five short chapters by Portia Nelson. It goes like this. Chapter one. I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I'm lost. I'm helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes forever to find a way out. Chapter two. I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend that I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in this same place, but it isn't my fault. Still takes a long time to get out. Chapter 3. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it is there. I still fall in. It's a habit, but my eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. Chapter 4. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Chapter 5. I walk down another street. We of the free church tradition know that choice is at the heart of our faith, that freedom of conscience is one of our cornerstones, and that we have been entrusted with the means and faculties to make wise and loving and sometimes difficult decisions about the most important matters of life. We know that when we listen to the still small voice within, that we have met the sacred. And we know and trust that when women listen deeply to that still small voice, they are moral agents, and that every choice is a blessed choice, a manifestation of the sacred power of life that we are entrusted with. We would pray then, not only for the continued freedom to do so, but that we might stand in reverence before the trust and responsibility that has been given to each of us. Let us teach each other and our children how to use well these sacred gifts that we may transform ourselves, our community, and our world. Words from Krista Taves. No justice, no peace. Brianna Taylor. Friends, I'm feeling concerned about our freedom. There is a lot happening in this nation without my consent. I do not consent for police to assault and kill black and brown bodies while hiding behind qualified immunity. This week has been just another turn on the 2020 roller coaster. My surge capacity is depleted, and I'm trying to find ways to refill that particular bucket in the uncertain length of this pandemic. I know that we still have more time and trauma to come. Healing while bracing for the next hit is scary and ineffective, as many of us already know. A previous turn on the roller coaster left me flailing, looking for something to hold on to, 
I've reached for community, and I also reached toward books, which are a luxury for a working parent of two. I committed to read all the works of Brene Brown because, well, I'd been meaning to get around to it anyway, and I needed a concrete and attainable project to focus on. In the first chapter of the first book I read, Ms. Brown talks about writing herself permission slips as a way of setting intention. It's a great story, and I won't ruin it for those of you who have not read it, but I tried it out, and I think it works. This week I gave myself permission to rewrite the serenity prayer, and I'm going to share my version with you as we begin this sermon. Goddess, grant me the strength to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I replaced God with goddess and serenity with strength. It works for me. It's a drop in my bucket. Strength, courage, and wisdom. Amen. Earlier today, we completely steamrolled over lovable furry old Grover. I've read that book at least a hundred times with my kids. I even have an interact interactive app on my phone. And I think it was last week while Bryce was playing for it and I prepared for this sermon that I was suddenly horrified by the obvious disrespect for Grover's boundaries. Grover did not consent, not once. And we took liberties, turned pages, and made it to the monster at the end of the book. We violated Grover's boundaries and Grover gaslit us in the end. Good story. Now I recognize that we want our kids to face their fears, but given the relationship they have with Grover in this book, I think it's safe to say that we've got some reparation and recovenanting work to do. Kids love that story because they have the power to turn the page, the freedom to override his protests, and let's face it, kids don't get that freedom or power over another very often. When they do, when they do I've seen them do cruel, mean-spirited, harmful, irresponsible things, and also occasionally loving things. Their freedoms are few, and they are expected to ask permission all the time. COVID-19 has limited our freedom across the age spectrum, and while kids are more adaptable and flexible in the face of that limitation, adults like myself are very agitated when our freedoms are limited. I know that I've done cruel, mean-spirited, harmful, and irresponsible things under stress. The debate about public safety and wearing masks is just one situation that highlights this truth. Some folks are me-firsting and others are us-togethering and we are all failing the group project. Perhaps we need yet another reminder that when our individual freedom bumps edges with another's, we need to stop, collaborate, and listen. Privilege expects the freedom not to ask permission. At some point on the transition from child to adult, we stopped asking if we could ride our bike around the block, eat cake for breakfast, and started taking on the responsibility of deciding how to acquire, allocate, and spend our own resources and time. This is great fun, especially if we live in a vacuum without the presence of others and their freedoms. But where there are two or more gathered, there are boundaries to our freedom. There is tension between freedom and consent. It's about power, who has it and when, power over or power with. We all have power, even if we're not taught to use it, or we are abused in ways that make it seem as though our power has been taken away. Extreme power holder and privilege holder, Mark Zuckerberg said, freedom means that you don't have to ask permission first. 
And as a female, assault survivor, owl facilitator, educator, and parent, well, I have to say that that explains an awful lot about what goes on on Facebook. It sounded a lot like another adage I've heard a lot over my lifetime. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Brene Brown teaches that boundaries are our access point to connection. In our relationship and sexuality curricula, our whole lives, we teach bodily autonomy from birth. Young kids are taught that their bodies belong to them and that they are the boss of their own bodies. We discuss good touch and bad touch. We introduce the idea of consent as a way to empower these young humans in the safekeeping of their own body. We teach them that they have the freedom to choose how they connect with others and that they also have to ask for consent as well. It's a give and receive expectation, the foundation of relationship and mutual respect, and they get it. I've known five-year-olds who understand consent better than some 74-year-old men. It's simple and it's nuanced and complex and it's necessary. There is freedom and deep internal power in knowing about consent and boundaries from an early age. Boundaries keep us safe and they give us freedom. As my friend Amelia Norfleet Dorn, fellow OWL instructor and friend, told me, nothing is richer or sweeter than meeting at a place of consent. And enthusiastic consent, well, that's a life-giving creative force of nature, as Reverend Moran has shared from the First Unitarian pulpit. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. It makes my insides squirm, because I have used this statement in the past to justify means to an end or outcome that I wanted. Is it really easier? I wonder. It might be more efficient, but also more harmful in a me first sort of way. I think of how the basic concept of consent, my body, my choice, has been co-opted from a statement made about female reproductive rights to a statement of entitlement about choosing to not wear face masks as a public health protection. There is tension between public calls for freedom and my individual call to build consent culture in my family, congregation, and community. We are confused about freedom, and many of us have been led to believe that freedom is the end-all, be-all embodiment of free will and choice, the absence of oppression of any and all sorts, and is the ultimate goal of our venerated democratic experiment here in the United States. I love freedom, and ultimate freedom for all is anarchy. Here, our aim is peace, liberty, and justice for all, named in our sixth principle. If freedom and consent had a child, it would be named liberty. Liberty is freedom within a system of laws, agreements, and expectations that we consent to be governed by. To underscore this, I took a look at our nation's founding documents, the Declaration, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. In these documents, freedom shows up twice. The word free shows up 11 times. The word liberty shows up five times, and consent? Consent shows up 15 times. Consent is not at all a new idea, and yet fear shows up when self-proclaimed patriots are reminded that their freedoms must play nicely in the yard with the rest of our freedoms. No one exists in a vacuum. In our beloved democracy, individual freedom is boundaried by the freedom of others. In tough times, our boundaries are ragged and raw with exposed nerves. Without a common understanding of these boundaries, chaos erupts. Pain, trauma, and abuse thrive in places where boundaries are torn, disregarded, and ignored. When consent is absent, 
so is the freedom and liberty that we proclaim to love. Amelia also shared this wisdom. We try to keep consent imprisoned in the context of sexuality to keep it taboo, but consent has to do with everything we ever do. Consent strikes fear in the heart of privilege because it implies power, relationship, agreements, whether implicit or explicit, that have the possibility of limiting our beloved freedom. Consent can be easy or it can be very hard work. But what if, like Grover's story, we are the monsters at the end of our own book, what of the consent and permission that we can give ourselves? Could we begin there? Permission to set boundaries and hold them. Permission to honor boundaries we encounter with compassion, to listen. Permission to find one safe place and then extend it. Permission to feel feelings. Permission to connect when we'd like to. I'm here today to give you permission to give yourself permission, even and especially now during hard times when so many things are happening without our explicit consent. Permission to do things out of order, to feel fear and do the thing anyway. Permission to laugh at fear, to fail spectacularly, to live every remaining day of your life on your terms, to begin, to end, to say no, and yes, and explore the full menu of options before you decide to move at your own pace, march to your own drum, and dance like no one is watching, permission granted. And then, extend that permission to those around you. They can set boundaries as well. Peace, liberty, and justice for all. None of us are free until all of us are free, and we must be explicit about who has been left out of all. Black lives deserve liberty and justice. Brown lives, immigrant and refugee lives, queer lives, trans lives, non-binary lives, all deserve liberty and justice and abundant peace. Goddess, grant me the strength to accept the things that I cannot change and the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Strength, courage, and wisdom. May we each find our one safe place and then widen the circle to include peace, liberty and justice for all. And if you're confused about a boundary, ask, let it absolutely be so. Behind all our differences and beneath our diversity, there is a unity that makes us one binds us forever together throughout all time through life and death and the space between the stars throughout all time through life and death and the space between the stars said it before and I'll say it again. When consent is absent, so is the freedom and liberty that we proclaim to love. As Unitarian Universalists, we aim to build world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. May it be so, and may we attend to the boundaries that we need in order to keep it so. Blessings on your week. <laughs>